What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Que paso, Holmes? No, I'm just chilling. I'm just uh, going to be digesting Easter dinner for like three days because that's how much I ate. Roast beef, baked mac and cheese, my favorite kind, and, you know, just a bunch of other things that I I, I don't even know what I was eating at a certain point. But, yeah, no. Uh, how, how are you, Joe? How was, how was your Easter? My Easter was pretty good. Went out to a uh, Easter brunch buffet and uh, couldn't eat anything I wanted to actually eat because of my GI issues. But that's that's for another uh, another conversation. Those goddamn gallstones, man! Those fucking gallstones. Uh, and we are also joined by our younger co-host, Davi. What's good? We want Cushing out. Say we want Cushing out. We want Cushing out. Say we want Cushing out. Let's go. What a, suck, what, man. What, what a little edge, suck. What a little edge lord. What an edge lord. <laughs> and we have the uh, we have the honor of having special guest Adam. Adam, what is up? I'm now I'm unmuted. What up, y'all? <laughs> it's, it's the AJ Piano man from Twitter. That same. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Adam. Going? Adam, have you ever listened to the yes. podcast before? No, you've not listened to the podcast. I be, I have. I don't think I've listened to a podcast in a decade. So <laughs> it's nothing personal. It's just a personal decision. All right. So, yeah. so then you you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So we're about to do some. I have no idea. I mean, I I know. I just know what I'm getting into. My what I'm getting into with you you guys. Basically, so. <laughs> All right. So I think, I think he's easy. I think he's about to break the duck after this today. <laughs> So you're about to experience rapid fire questions. Oh shit! Favorite, cur- right. favorite current NYCFC player. Oh, I had the answer to this. Take as much time as you need, my friend. If you if you want to say nobody, because oh. we fucking suck. No, <laughs> who am I sentimentally attached? To? I love Keaton Parks personally as a person. Um, my first, I, I, uh. All my, a lot of my favorite players are gone. <laughs> um, we'll just say Keaton, and then I'll remember more later. Okay, so Keaton Parks, Big Birds, good. good uh, you, you said you said you wanted rapid fire questions, <laughs> rapid fire responses, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. First All right. Thing that so that not, so uh, Big Bird is your favorite current player. Who's your favorite all time NYCFC player? It's between Maxie and Tommy Mac. Oh, okay. I had I got that Tommy Mac jersey year one, and I mean that was I love Tommy Mac. Very so. different styles of players. One's a little magician, absolutely, and the other one scores absolute screamers and bangers. Tommy Mac was the most. I'd never seen a guy like that. <laughs> also, just yeah. Also, so now I'm going to ask you: did, did you prefer Tommy Mac with the long hair or Tommy oh my Mac God, with the prim and proper short hair? There's only one answer to that question. That was like Samson. Yeah. Like being, yeah, exactly. when, when Tommy Mac when Tommy Mac was shorn, uh, I don't know how I felt about that. Once he I cut was, his mane, he became less. There was effective. definitely. I think there was a Samson thing going on. Like, have there been you know airmail bangers since he's been a shorn <laughs> man? I don't think I don't I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember any uh, any absolute. But he was like he was bangers. a light. He, he was a light at in a dark time. Yeah, no, he was definitely he was a fan favorite, being from West Nyack. 
Um, exactly. And, and just the goals he scored were just which is enormous. Like they were all important. They were all just absolute like just out of nowhere. Like what the fuck just happened? This this random dude wearing baggy shorts and long hair just scored an absolute screamer. Yeah, he just was like uh... he, scored, he scored he scored one banger with the short hair and that was against Tim Howard. <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 issue with Tommy Mack is that like while he did score bangers, uh just like that's pretty much it and then also like once he left and scored against us for the first time he celebrated by doing that fucking annoying airplane celebration i, like, so I, I just did the airplane celebration yeah so now i fucking hate tommy mac so like it's like i i, I don't know like, like it was like when like patrick mullins like scored on us against like oh. for dc and i just yeah no he's been dead to me ever since then so oh but, I, I mean yeah the other guys in the running for right now are like you know you should know um or your uh, Sands. I have a good Chano story. Uh, so he scored a banger in the Open Cup last year, I think, uh, on a on a set piece. It was it was a regular season match against Charlotte at Red Bull Arena. No, 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 not no. He scored a goal at Belson. Oh, Belson. Oh, Chano. Okay. Yeah, Chano, and. Um, my friend got an amazing shot of it from the Belson supporter section, like of the goal being scored. And then later, he's out. He's at a bodega on the Upper West Side, and he sees a guy in NYCFC gear, and the guy's like, "Hey, nice gear!" And it's Maxime Cheneau, who is apparently his neighbor. So they both made their way Could back. Could you imagine like somebody just like walking behind you and saying, "Hey, nice shirt," and like being like Cheneau or Jimmy Sands or like. Somebody someone, that I, know, I also had a friend of a friend, like someone I know lived in the same building as Alex Ring briefly. It's like such a small world out there. Alex Ring, yeah. Uh, we haven't played against him yet since he left, right? Yeah. I don't think he's... We've we never have not, play, have we we have, played we Austin once. We have yeah. not played Austin one time in, since they've been in the league, which is ridiculous. That's wild. Have we faced them this year? No, we do not. That's mm -mm. Not, not unless it's Open Cup or, or in, the, in the MLS Cup final. We, have not seen, we will not see Austin this year. I mean, maybe next year we won't we, we won't play St. Louis City this year unless it's Open Cup or something. But... They they really need to change the schedule in MLS because it's been so fucking repetitive for the last few years. Like, I want to face LAFC. I want to face like like Austin. Like, I want to face some of these clubs. Yeah, yeah. The stakes in the intercon interconference games are for, so low. By the way, anyway. further further proof that the supporter shield means jack shit. There you go. There's <laughs> proof right there. All right, Adam. Getting back to the rapid fire, which aren't so rapid anymore. Um, favorite all-time kit that NYCFC has worn? The circles. The blue circles. The Hypno Kit? Yeah. I like the Hypno Kit. I like the Volt Kit. I was very happy with the Volt Kit. Me too. Um, black, the home 2015 black kit. Yep. Dude, I've I, never, I, I've always felt like our home, like the blue kits are a little tepid for me. Like this year is the first one where it's like, there's some character and depth to the design. It's not just like a very, very flat blue. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the, uh, I like the, I love the Interborough kit. It's great. I, the Interborough kit it. is great. I'm wearing it underneath my, uh, my track jacket right now. I, I love the kit. But I also, I do, I, I do like the 2017 uh, home kit, like the just the one with like the navy blue stripes on the on the shoulder. I do like that it's one. The only bit. kit I, that's one of the only kits I don't have. I, I, I don't like the racing stripe. Like I'm a notorious hater of the fucking racing. Oh, stripe. I got that for fifteen dollars at the at a flea yeah, market. A, I felt like that was about, a great buy. New with tags. About, yeah, that's about the price that I would pay for it. I think it's garbage. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
All right, so Adam, this is the point where we, uh, after we introduce a new guest, where we kind of allow you to speak on your NYCFC origin story. Oh, okay. This is a good. This is a good one. Okay, so um, I'm a founding member of NYCFC. Very happy to be one. Um, I had watched. I got into soccer in 2001. Um, when I was, I started playing FIFA, I was like, really wanted to be English. Um, I like still like, it was just a phase in my life, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, I could go into detail on that, but that's a lot more detail than anyone wants. Um, so I had always supported England in all the World Cups. I never got into MLS. Um, and... So I watched a lot of soccer before and after college. So like the 2006 World Cup, 2010 World Cup. And so, and I was very, very, very into the, that 2008 through 2010, 2012 Spain era, both the style of play and the players. And like, that's who I played with on FIFA. Tiki Taka, uh, Barcelona. Exactly. Barcelona, all those guys. Yeah. Um, and so when Via came on board. I knew that NYCFC was happening, but when Via came on board, I was like, this is something I want. Like, I realized there was, like, only first, one opportunity. What a, what a way to announce yourself. There was, like, I was like, there's only one opportunity to support a brand new club from the beginning. I've wanted a local, like, for a long time. Like, I never, I supported Man United in that early era. Like, I played FIFA, and, like, the England team were full of guys like Skulls and Owen and so on and so forth. Like, they, and, like for me, it was always, like, Oh, soccer's a sport where little guys can do awesome things, and I, always being of small stature, I like grew up wanting to be an American football player. It was like my dream, um, <laughs> and then like I stopped growing, and I don't like milk, so I didn't get strong bones. Um, so I just that never panned out for me. Um, so as soon as they announced, the. Um, I got tickets with my roommate, uh, one of my best friends and roommate at the time. Um, I don't even know. If he... And then with some other friends, um, and we sat in 127. And then the next year, uh, I kept going to the Parm sandwich stand, which unfortunately closed. But so I switched to 104 because I wanted. I was 127 because it was a nice flat view of the game and 104 i just was an even flatter view of the game and closer to my favorite sandwich shop and since in 104 i've made a lot of friends and uh you know i go to any every home game that i don't have you know something like a major commitment you know like i've had the the, the calendar goes on my automatic google calendar it updates when it magically updates in the off season and unless there's a conflict i'm there so are you a current I missed pure less are you a current season ticket holder? Yes. Okay. I'm holding. I'm holding out for the brick, baby. Uh, I, I have no brick coming, but I'm not giving my season tickets up for anything. What was your story about Pirlo? You're about. You're about to say. Oh, the only, I missed Pirlo's only goal because I was at a wedding. My like, uh, my ex girlfriend's like best one of her close oh, friends. Screw were, her, screw her, man. I, uh, major regret, like especially when you think I, I have a lot of resentment for that. I don't know. Pirlo <laughs> was like, not my favorite. Uh, I was like, gonna say for Pirlo, not for my ex. 
Well, I was because I was gonna say because I was like that would be hilarious if like you had like a conversation with your ex. It's like, listen, like I want this relationship to work, but you made me miss an NYCFC game. Pirlo scored his only fucking goal of his career with NYC, uh, his only NYCFC goal, like yeah. during that game that I missed. Like, like, like I just feel like you pulled me away from things that I love. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a valid excuse to break up in my book. So. I, I mean, my my my, uh, my girlfriend knows that. Like, I've been trying to take her to a game, but like, she just like. She oh didn't... my god, this was really. F my wife was gonna come to last night's game. Our and internet we're going was off the rails again. Our oh, are we meant to go off the rails? I thought I I don't know. No, Our podcast we're not supposed going to off the rails. Go ahead. <laughs> I have lost the internet for two days. No internet for two days because of the utility pole went on fire, and my wife was gonna come because she had nothing better to do. But then the internet came back on, and she was like, "I'm not coming." <sighs> So I have a little tidbit. I mean, about you missing a uh, missing the Pierlo. Can um, can anybody yeah. tell me? Um, can anybody tell me what happened on uh, on July third, two thousand sixteen? Davi, our first win against Red Bull. Our first win against Red Bull. My sister decided that that was a good day to get married, and she made me miss my f one and only first ever and only Hudson River Derby game because oh, my because first, she my was getting dad married. Was my dad's first soccer game ever in person was the Red Wedding, um, which was not good. <laughs> uh, I remember we watched the first. I remember we watched the first five goals in the stadium, and by the end, we were like elsewhere watching them beat us worse. So I'm, good, I'm watching the game time. in my in my bro, my my should be brother in law's uh, ho uh, hotel room while we're getting ready for the wedding, and uh, Jack Harrison scores in the eighth minute. David Villa scores in the 66th minute, and then Chris Duvall gets sent off in the 79th minute. And I'm like, no. you really made me miss a 2-0 victory over our most hated rivals after the after what we experienced at 15. You made me miss this shit. You guys couldn't get yeah, married on a different day. <laughs> so the funny thing about the Hudson River Derby is that I haven't been to many of them. I've only been to like uh, uh, like a few. I went to the very first one that we ever had that we lost 2-1. Then the next one that I saw live was a 2-1 in 2019 with, with the A-Bear backheel. Uh, and then I saw the U.S. Open Cup loss, which would, I think was like 3-0 or something like that. Like 4-1. I don't remember what it was. It was 3-0. Yeah, and then I saw us win 1-0 there and win 2-0 at Yankee Stadium later that year. So I actually think they have a winning record like in the Hudson, in the Hudson River Derby when I'm in attendance. So <laughs> that makes me feel good. I am 3-1. I am uh, when it comes to derbies, when I attend, but I, I've never, I've never been to New Jersey ever for for a derby right. match. Hopefully, hopefully that changes this year in, in, in a month or so. But I, I am three and one, and I and my first ever derby was uh, David via hat trick. <laughs> Which one? Didn't that happen a few times? <laughs> no, that, that was only hat trick. Yes. All right, so moving on to the task at hand. Re yes. Recapping and reviewing the 1-1 draw versus Atlanta United in match day number seven at Yankee Stadium oh. last night. Do we have to? We do, unfortunately. <laughs> because that is what the people want, and we give the people what they want. They want, yeah, to, they, they want to see us lose our shit. They want to see Davi call for Cushing's head. They want to see me and Christian get in a fight. That's, that's that's what they want to see. I mean, I don't think we're. I, I actually don't think we're going to get into a fight that much uh, to, tonight. But uh, I, I, well, I'll, I'll let Adam. Like Adam's our special guest. He's our guest of honor. What the Adam? What were your takeaways from last night's one-one draw? Um, 
I wish we won it at the end. We may not. <laughs> I. We were there were little moments, especially even the first half. We had these little sequences that every this year I'm like, anytime we have a nice little one touch sequence of passing, I'm like, that's the team that I remember. But there's not. It's not as consistent as it was. Um, and uh, I think again, there's just like a lack of service from the wings and the wing backs when people are getting finally getting forward. Um, uh, the the goal was the goal we conceded was very dispiriting to say the least. Um, I, I had the echo of a guy who I know from a few rows back from me saying, "It's still in, guys," <laughs> and and then like it was like that. And then maybe three quarters of a second later, and the ball's back in the back of the net because it did seem like it was going to roll out, uh, but it didn't, and that's why you can't switch off. Um, but uh, Gabby stepped up, he came back, put us on level footing, and uh, you know, it's a shame to not get a win in that situation. A loss would have been very demoralizing. Um, and I mean, ultimately, Atlanta are ahead of us in the table. So if we take a point, we we want three at home, but it's better for them to not get all three against us. Well, so that the, was like, yeah, go ahead. There weren't very many uh, positive talking points in the first half for NYCFC. Um, uh, Atlanta actually had three, uh, three pretty dangerous over um, either over or at point two um, expected goal moments in the first half. Um, and I thought that they were, I mean, we, they were, they came out and they were ready to play. I mean, most teams are usually, most teams we are usually uncomfortable, um, and, uh, struggle, um, at Yankee stadium, but they, they came out and those, they, and they seemed to, to the first 15 to 20 minutes of the game were, were absolutely poor from us. The Atlanta really came out on the front foot. They, they were mm-hmm. swinging. I, I, I thought they were going to score at some point. I mean, we, we, we were lucky that, uh, that goal they scored was offside, uh, on the, on the, uh, in the end, oh my the god! Yeah, that was yeah that that we were very lucky. It was um, it was, it was but, but you know also like 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 you mentioned last night, Dobby. Like I mean, he was pretty like well offside, and I think like an offside goal. Like obviously, like when you're in an offside position, receive a ball in an offside position, you have an unfair advantage, which is why it's a rule in the first place. And I think that's a testament to how well organized we were on defense at that point in time. I mean, yeah, yes, like correct. yeah. yeah. Yeah, if that goal goes in, yeah, that's like pretty bad. But once you saw the replay, it was like he's pretty clearly like a yard offside. Like and like you can see why it was pretty much like a runway for him. You know, like like clear, like a clear cut chance for him. Like, like he, uh, I think if Derek Etienne run perfectly, we we would have lost the game. Was it they Derek were... Etienne who made that run? Was that who it was? I can't remember. I think it was their left winger, Derek. Etienne. Well, it was the left winger was constantly trying to get in behind Elenich the whole game. Yeah, it was uh, it was Derek Etienne Jr. who used to play for the Red Bulls. Yeah, he had a, he had a good game. Yeah. I was impressed by him today. Honestly, yeah, he, night. He, he was very very good at like getting in behind and everything like that. Um, but yeah, no, like Adam said, like that, I was, I, I I was not happy with that first half at all. I thought it was a collective failure. Like I mean, like there was like plenty of like individual blunders, but I think as a collective we failed. I think we we're very poor overall. Um, uh, and the second half, uh, like one thing to note that, like you know, hasn't been mentioned yet. I mean, we all know it; we're all well aware of it. We were up a man, or we were up man when that goal came in, and we were still on the back foot despite the fact that they were playing a man down due to a red card uh, from Ibarra's challenge on Sands. And 
to let that goal in was like very demoralizing. I was very, very satisfied with Gabby and like his instant reply, uh, especially with just such a world-class goal, something that we've, you know, come to expect from Gabby. The dude just loves scoring bangers. And, but by that same token, um, like just for us to like, like, and I thought that we were finally on the front foot in those last like 20 minutes or so of the game, especially during stoppage time. But like for us not to get that winning goal was like pretty upsetting and just, oh, oh, I, I, you know, like, like, I don't want to start. Are you referring? Are you referring to the ten fucking minutes of stoppage time that was at the end of the game? <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's because these fucking Atlanta <laughs> players kept going down like fucking flies. Well, yeah, I've never I mean, seen. Was, hold up, I've, hold up. I've never seen the medical staff for one team come on the field as much as last night. That was fucking unacceptable. That, that, that's that's not true. I've seen. I've seen it happen quite no, a bit. Like brother, no, teams. So, it, I mean, it, it's games. It's gamesmanship. You hate it when it happens to you, but you're the one. Like, 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 like every team employs it when they're up. Also, like, there was a lot of time that was taken out for the, uh, for the Sands injury and slash uh, red, red card. Yeah, Ooh, like, I just so, freeze like, framed on that red card. Yeah, so like, like it, it, it's it, it, like, like I mean, the ten minutes was justified, and I was actually happy to have it. But and it looked like we almost, you know, we almost struck at least twice in that period but I thought, I thought they were going to give seven or eight but ten was like so the pen didn't seem like the one problem i had in the second half was some one of the one of the atlanta guys got hurt was down the the uh the first eight the the, the trainers had to come out into the field and then the, but then the player was allowed to remain on the field I, I thought the rule across the board was that if the training staff has to come out and, and and attend to an injured player that they have to leave the field and then receive permission to come back on from the referee after the play has been started again. Unless it's the goalkeeper, you are correct. It was a field player, and he just stayed on. I was like, I was like, yeah, what, do you, what, what do you mean he just stays on? He's been he's been down, rolling around, writhing in pain for like three to four minutes. What do you mean he? I think and I think it was John Tamakis. I, I I mean I'm, I'm why I'm like why is he allowed to stay on? You're supposed to have to go off and then wave the referee to allow you to come back on after the play's been restarted. That, I was I was at the game. I don't recall that one happening, but like I'll take your word for it. Uh, like, like yeah, no, I I just like okay, I I know this is like kind of like out of left field, but. Can we admit that Brian Kufre is bad now? Oh no, he's bad. I thought he played really well, man. No, no, no. He had a decent game. I think the whole defense had a awful. decent game yesterday. I thought, I thought no, he was. Just I awful. thought he played really well. Too much. Just don't like I, I thought was, the I thought the two best performers on the field were Lennox and Kufre. To be honest. <laughs> no, maybe Lennox, but no, I definitely think, I think not Kufre. Kufre. He has pretty eyes in Utah. Kufre, Kufre is a liability moving forward. He just is. He's not good moving forward at all. He's he's completely lethargic in the final third. Just I like don't think that's games. the issue. I think the issue is the quality of the service. He seems more enterprising than an obvious yeah, man, no, Amundsen. But like, um, for me, the question, the problem more. with Kufre is just occasionally he just gets like caught and like basically falls down and well, gets run well, past. Well, that's my thing. Like, 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 if he was like offensively viable, which he just isn't, like one one fucking lucky assist, like notwithstanding, uh, like, like, just like, like it. If you're not going to be offensively viable, I at least want you to be defensively viable. But the thing is, he gets caught up the pitch so much. He he's five interceptions. But that's my point. Last night, he wasn't doing that. Last night, was he was no, not he was, really getting forward think, at all. I don't remember. Yeah. It's probably his best game with us last night. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with that one. But, I mean, listen, yeah, I, 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 I have hate the guy. Yeah, no, I do hate him. You do I hate also him. haven't rewatched the, <laughs> I, I haven't rewatched. I haven't rewatched the game in full yet because the English uh, – commentary version of the game isn't available for me like it's just not playing every single time I oh that explains why it just started working when i clicked spanish interesting yeah 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 no yeah no the spanish broadcast will work 
but the English broadcast isn't working because Apple TV is also garbage. It's like it's the Brian Kufre of fucking streaming platforms. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah. Um, last night, as a matter of fact, I think the only two bright spots on our team, this is going to sound funny enough. Well, one of them's not because we, we know he, he can ball. Uh, Amicia Ilinich, who, who I actually didn't think played to the peak of his abilities. I actually, but he I was, agree. He was fairly effective for the most part, even though that, like I, I think we've seen better from him. And uh, believe it or not, I thought Luis Barraza was very Barraza good. Barraza made night. a couple of very important saves. I was saying, I was saying in the stands, I think the point is, I think the replacement value of Barraza versus Von Johnson is so minimal that it makes sense that we made the decision we made. And Barraza's making a... He's made a bunch of quick saves. He's also gotten into trouble, but I really think that Barraza has acquitted himself He really, he really well. cleaned up his uh, distribution last night, I gotta say. A little a little bit, but but I feel like it's still like... Three for seven on long balls. Still, I, I, fe- I felt like it was much better than other games in the, that he's played in, but... For me, the issue on the sorry, the left side uh, was behind the goal where he made the he made the save where he had to close his feet just in time for a corner. That was Mm -hmm. that was an incredible save. Uh, Also, uh, Tiago Martins had a very very good game. Yeah, but uh, I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of oh yeah he 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 bodied someone off the ball and like kept the ball in bounds like stoppage time and like Uh, got an an attack going forward. Very good recovery run as well at one point. Yeah, 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 he's, he's a he's a very pacey, tall like. Physical dude. I, 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 He's our I've, best center back. Yeah, yeah. I've really come to appreciate. Like, I, I like Tiago Mar- Martins for the most part. Last year, after that initial like adjustment terrible period. adjustment period, yeah, <laughs> like 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 his adjustment period was like very like bad. But for the most part, I thought he was one of the better like center backs that we had like at our disposal. I thought him and Collins was our first choice personally. Like, and they're, they're, the the numbers speak for themselves as well. But this year, I think he's like really coming to his own. Uh, Adam, you and I were his talking, game up this year. Uh, yeah, Adam, you and I were talking about this last night with uh, Buckley and Geo, but um, you know, like, like I'm, I'm not sure yet if he's worth the DP tag. However, the thing is, it's like I am so biased because I've always like, um, like I've always been of the belief that a DP should be a goal scorer, and I'm not used to the concept that one isn't. Um, but like, then again, I mean. I mean, like right now. I mean, if you had to like name like your top five center backs in the league, I think it would be only only be fair that Tiago Martins was listed among them. So, I mean, like at the, by that point, by by that same token, like it's like it's really hard for me to gauge like that DP contract because he is one of the better center backs in the league. However, like I'm still not sure if that. Yeah, because most most DPs are attackers anyway. You barely see a team go out and spend a DP tag on a defender. Yeah. No. And uh, also, like, like, like. J- just to be fair to Kufre, I will watch the game like tonight, like rewatch the game like in full, like even if I have to do it in Spanish. But like, I mean, like, like I, I was at the game and like you, you get caught up. In Spanish, uh, you get caught up like in everything like that, and sometimes like, like you, you tend to like forget, like, like, like not tend to forget, but you, you don't like catch like you don't catch some stuff that you would otherwise catch on TV because you're in a static position. You don't have alternate views, you don't have alternate angles. So like I, I'm completely open to having my mind change. I just. Like I said last night, like I just, or like I've been saying for weeks on end at this point, I just don't see what he brings that Melda Amundsen and Kevin O'Toole don't already have to offer. Like I just, I just don't see him as an obvious upgrade over either of those players. And I feel like if you're going I, to be starting, I see why he's getting. I honestly do feel like I see why he's getting the minutes because Amundsen is like just absolutely lethargic going forward, and O'Toole he's, is not. And O'Toole is not really a four back 
left back. He's a left wing back. He's a left the left winger who's playing left wing back. Not only that, yes, also uh, Unmanson is out of favor with Cushing. He's well, well, out of favor sure. since Ocuo came in. Came in okay, okay, but sure. But the thing is, like this, I'm still not convinced that Cushing can coach a four three three or a four two three one. I'm still not. I convinced kind of that. agree with you. I, I mean, think we should be having a three back. Can, can, but, can well, you just coach in general? <laughs> I, no, I no, I think he can coach in general. I do, but I I I, I don't. I don't. But everything. Every single manager has their own philosophy and their own like strengths and weaknesses. They're just like players and certain like and like like there's certain formations that you just can't grasp. I feel like he he has pressure to play a four three three or a four two three one or some variation. It seems very four. obvious that he could just switch to like I would love to see us with like Sands in like this hybrid, not quite central center back role, and. Then you can play high wing backs and put, you know, but kind of, kind of have him has like a six that slots in between the center backs or something. That's like what. That. That's kind of what Dome was doing. I thought that was always, and that's what it also seemed like we were doing in that late little run last year when we were in probably the best form of the season. Is the O'Toole high up on the left, um, and obviously not with Sands, but Sands should make that easier, not harder. Yeah, O'Toole had the freedom going forward because he knew he had uh, the best center back in the league to cover for him along with uh, uh, yeah. Chano and uh, Martin's also back there with them. But now that Collins is gone, like there's a kind of a bit of a hole in that left center yeah. back role. Well, even the whole, I was going to say, Chano, even though Chano has been actually pretty decent this year at left center back out of position. The left side, to me, the issue isn't Kufre. The issue is still Talis Magno who like just is not, he just looks indecisive when he gets on the ball now. I don't like he know we know he wants to pull out a whole bunch of different stuff and then it ends up being nothing and like no one's giving him his right foot when he gets onto it. Yeah, that, like, the, he the, can't the, get the onto his right foot anymore. The Tati departure really took a massive toll on him. I mean you, you could just see it through his play and then obviously trying to stick him at the nine obviously didn't work, but yet he has two goals on the season. So people are gonna be like, Oh, he's a very good striker. No, he's not. He, I mean he just he, he I think he just needs someone to play off of. So as soon as we get a striker like in the club sorted, I think that'll that'll kind of take the pressure off him a bit, and he could kind of do what he was doing with Tati when Tati was here. There but. was one sequence of play yesterday in the first half when him and Santi were, we were talking about this yesterday. We're playing off each other. Series of one one it was punch a great, great, Yeah, great little one two, and I think it was just just went wide. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. So um, another talking point in in terms of Talos Magno is is what do we think the effect of Thiago Andrade departing is going to have on Talos Magno? They're like best friends. I mean, I don't think that's going to have. Like, like, here's the thing. Like, 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 and I wanted to comment this on before. Talos had a terrible game last night. He was awful. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I really can't say much different about anybody else that was in the attack. I can't say that Santi's work rate impresses me. But outside of that, what like nobody seems to have nobody seems to have any ideas once they get into the final third. We're good at like building up the play. We're good at countering and like launching counters. But once we get like to the, like the edge of that eighteen, the creativity just goes down. Yeah. Uh, like, we, like, we, we do we do have one idea. The, the the thing is like it's just like like I feel like like crossing the ball like isn't in our bag of tricks anymore the way it used to be, and I understand why. But the thing is. And maybe this is like a completely unrelated tidbit, but like we've also got like we're used. I don't know if anybody saw the chart like on Emily because I did catch the the attack the attacking chart at the halftime report. At halftime, we only attacked on the right side five percent of the time. 
and and I think that is pretty damning on Pellegrini's ability. Pellegrini's running around just sort of playing. I'm and I'm sorry. Like, listen, if you want to say that he's filling like the Jesus Medina role, like. You know what the funny thing is? In retrospect, even though I still don't ever like think he was worth a DP tag, like by any stretch of the word, seeing Pellegrini makes me appreciate Jesus Medina and the kind of player that he was. Because at least Jesus Medina was at least somewhat skillful when he had the ball at his feet and could do something offensively. Pellegrini has the work rate of Medina, but none of the quality. And it's it's really like frustrating to watch. And he's just a black hole when it comes to our attack. And I feel like that's what, I, like his off-ball runs are terrible. His the way he lunges into tackles is awful. Like that yellow card that he got could have easily been a red had it been an inch in another direction. He's now suspended, so we're actually going to play Gabby Pereira next game. Hopefully, thank fuck. I, that, that, I'm so happy that he is because he is like. Listen, we've all been pretty critical of Gabby's early season performances, and like like I said, I I no, do not no but the, the the last two appearances off the bench, a goal and an assist, I think it's justifiable that to start him next game. Uh, yeah, no, I understand, but the thing is, like when he did get benched, it was justified. And I was not mad at Cushing for doing so because he wasn't performing outside the goal at Chicago. He was pretty poor. And the thing is, like, like, like you know, like you guys have like, like you know, like some people have argued, oh, maybe it's because Tavon's playing instead of Ilenich. The thing is, Gabby Pereira was perfectly viable last year with Tavon starting for a majority of the season. You know, when Tinnerholm was hurt. So I don't think it's not a Tavon problem. I, th- I think I, I've, I've, t- I've said Thomas Magnus was viable before. last year too. Now he's not viable anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's another. Fu- uh, that's another. Well, that's the. That's yeah, the that's because yeah, because he doesn't have a striker like Tati to well, well, play also, off of. Also, not that it's it's a completely different system than the one that Cushing was having success with. I hate mm-hmm. to keep on. So why does Talis get a pass, but Gabby and uh, get the? Get, I'm not giving Talis a pass. Who's giving anybody a pass? No, but you, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just drawing a correlation. You're you're saying that you're saying that Gabby played fine with with Tavon at right back, and that Atlantic yes. is not. But, but then, but That's then I'm I'm saying that Talis is no longer Talis is no longer playing up to the standard of a of a young DP like what he's the contract that he's on, um, compared to what he was doing last year. Bobby just got benched for a couple of games and Talis hasn't been. I, 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 when did I say that Talis says what? What are you talking? No, what, what comparison? Uh, the comparison I'm, I'm making is that you're saying uh, I'm firmly in I'm the camp. I'm firmly in the camp the that the reason why Gabby's not doing well is is because Tavon was playing right back. And Tavon is not a good compliment to Gabby, but you're saying, oh, he did okay last year. And then I'm drawing a comparison saying, well, Talis was good last year, and now he's not good this year. There's a very simple explanation. If you're letting me if you'll let me finish my point, you'll get to what point I'm actually fucking making. Nobody is playing good this year in the attack. Mm. Nobody. Not a fucking soul. And it's crazy because there's tons of talent up there. Any system that has Gabby Pereira looking pedestrian is fucking terrible. Any, a, a, any like fucking like system that has Talis Magno, arguably one of the boldest players in the league, look like he's clueless and has no Ooh. confidence is terrible. Uh, and, and any, and also any system that has Santi basically running around like a fucking you know like like a headless chicken, like all over the pitch with like no clear ideas of where to link up play, is also bad. My my point was, the system right now is dog shit. Like, like I don't want to. I don't want to hear it be blamed on personnel because the thing is, we succeeded last year, uh, w- like w- with the same kind of combinations, like like with Gabby and Tavon at that at that right side. Fuck, we saw Ta- we saw Talis Magno and Kevin O'Toole have a good fucking partnership. Like I don't want to hear anything about like like like, like players like being like Talis. Talis like, and Tavon played like four games together. That's not a large sample size. 
I think the issue with Gabby. I'm not, I didn't say Tavon and Talis. Talis and Talis and O'Toole played like six, five, six games together last year. It was a very small sample. Yeah, and they won, and they won all but one of them. So yeah, so that my point stands, and no, a very it's, key it's, part. It's, of very, the it's too life. small of a sample size to draw a correlation from it. So what? What? Okay, in that case, then we shouldn't be talking about the season at all. It's been seven games. Yeah, I guess. Or eight so. games. Gabby Pereira needs to dye his hair back to to silver. Platinum. That's the real issue. To me, there's a major drop-off in swagger. And he's starting to recover it, but to me, you know... His chin, he died, he died, he died his, his facial hair is blonde. His little, his, his little change in... His chin, chin, oh, so, so see, the, the power is coming back. That only proves the correlation. <laughs> do you want to do, do? You want to know what my actual opinion of like this season's like what, what like struggles are like are boiled down to? I think Cushing is receiving pressure to play a certain type of type of way, a way that like CFG clubs are accustomed to playing. That four two three one four three three tiki taka. I hate that fucking word because it's fucking dog shit and it's used to describe things that aren't tiki taka. But you know what I mean. That like quick passing, possession heavy, play from the back style of play. Whereas we saw last year once Tati like exited the fray, uh, playing that style just wasn't viable for us, and we haven't gotten a Tati replacement yet because you know he was just an interim coach at the time but now that he's an actual like a full a full-time coach full-time head coach and has the job you know like we're like maybe like things can like recover over the summer like at, like with, with the addition of a striker but I'm not too sure that this fucking Duckins guy is going to be the answer you know who we're linked to because or, or whoever we bring in or, or Tati's going to be his own replacement guys he's coming home he's coming I, home not as nice as that would be as nice as that would be, just bring him back and give him the nine shirt. That would I be know. fire. But I mean, uh, just at the same time, it's like, I. I the, the thing it's is, just, dream. I'm sorry. Like any system that has like three players of the of the uh, talent, like of the talent level, as Gabby Pereira, Santi Rodriguez, and Talis Magno, looking confused and pedestrian, is not a good system. You can pretty much and and, 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 you, know, and I, you know who that falls on? That falls on the coach. Okay, okay, I was getting there. I. I, I <laughs> That I, I I wasn't you know I, I'm not a big cushing out guy because every single time I've said anybody out they've proved me wrong. Domi Terence fucking first six months of the of his like tenure was horrid, horrid. We were terrible. We didn't. We started off like what was it? The first six games winless it in was 2019. Zero, oh, oh, 06 and one zero yeah, wins, lots of draws, one loss. Yeah, lots of draws. Yeah, lots like, of it, draws. Was it was awful. It was awful. Vieira's first like first like few months in charge in 2016 weren't good either and Dyla's entire first season was pretty underwhelming but Dyla literally was like I saw that banner in the stands it said Dyla out I will now win the championship and then I'm out yeah no it it gave something like an Avenger yeah and also when you take that into context and and actually like Cushing hasn't been with has been with the team like 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 as like a head coach for what like seven months still eight months he's on the program for two years yeah it, that doesn't mean anything. Why not? He, seven, he seven, has eight, he seven, has seven, familiarity with all the players. Okay, seven eight, seven, eight months too much. So, so, they, so he, no, in theory, not. in theory, if you're if you're with the program and in the city football group inside of this program, the NYCFC, you should be able to hit the ground running because you have familiarity yeah, with all the players. Coaches. Being an assistant coach is not the same as being. Who a yeah, okay, like, so it's must, even more important because you must play four at the back. That like we, like if if the best form we've ever seen with this team is when there's like. Wing backs and the three backs. It's a, it's three a three back. back formation. Three center back formation. 
then yeah, I agree. Like, why not? 100% agree. I, I didn't. Th- I didn't think Joe would fight because I don't think we disagree much about this game. But I'm actually quite surprised now that we did, we found well, the way to as argue. A, as an assistant coach, he was running sessions with the first team. He was the coach. He like Do- Donnie, Nobody was looking. Ro- Ronnie Dean was just a figurehead. Cushing was the one right. doing everything. No, no, he wasn't. He was that running the true. sessions, and every training session was run by Cushing. That's that's not true. It is true. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. It says who? Where'd you, where'd I'll, you I'll, I'll go back because it was spoken about all during the hiring of Cushing. I'll go back and find the shit and fucking tweet it at you because he did all the training sessions with the first team, Nick Cushing. Oh, so and so NYCFC, the team that is so opaque when it comes to PR, you think they're telling you the truth? It's like, oh, this isn't that crazy of a transition. This guy was basically running shit anyway. There was, that sounds more. That doesn't sound very. Come on, stop. Let's 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 cut the fucking shit for a second Cush, the, nobody was looking to Cushing for uh, Nick Cushing the assistant coach who was pr- who was third in line behind fucking Juarez and Dyla for fucking answers I'm sorry that just that's not a fact that's a, that's a fault that's a, that's that's false I I, I I believe that's erroneous I believe that's fucking libelous I believe it's all the us's okay like, like that that is not true it, nobody looks to you for answers when you're an assistant coach. They look to the head coach. Once you step into that head coach, it's a it, co- coach spot. Whether you have a rapport with the players or not, completely different game. We've seen it happen several times where a guy, as an assistant coach in a good fucking system, you know, like that has had success, takes over for a departing head coach, and it doesn't work out the same because they don't have the same fucking ideas, and everything is like a fucking mishmash and like just not coherent at all. Here, but but the thing is with Cushing, like like I'm willing to give him time. He's getting this season. He's getting this full season, whether we like it or not. He's he's had too much time. He has to go. Too much time. Eight months is too much time for a, for a head coach. Are you crazy? Dude, we, we've we've been shit if, for like ninety no, 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 percent no, no, no. of the time. No, no, no. Yes, given yes, our, yes, yes. Given our team's history specifically, eight months is too long. Are you actually crazy? Are you actually no. insane? No. No, it's just, it's just we, we've been shit for 90% of the time. Look, Tommy, as, as long as we're above the Mason-Dixon line in the playoff picture, he's not going to get fired. I think that we're – I think that he – as long as we keep treading water, they're not going to sack him. He's not – we'd have to have a horrible, horrible run of form for, what for him to – What has he done to justify sacking, though? What, like, what, what, That's what, the point. We're exactly. competitive right now, and we came within one game of MLX Cup final just a few That's months why. ago. Like, okay. Playoff run is the reason why. So, be, so being competitive is not being able to win a game against ten men at home. That's being competitive. You're talking about a one-off game in fucking April. Like, like, what? What are we talking about? Wait, like, a fun, what has like, he actually done that justifies him getting the sack? I mean, we've scored two goals in three games. If that's that's any consolation. I think it's, 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 we're eight games into the new season. Two goals in three games. Seven games. Eight games. Seven. You can't do you, what? That's crazy. And the team's not even finished yet. We still got to get to another fucking transfer window. Like, what, what are we talking about right now? This is insane. I'm not a huge Cushing fan. I'm not a fucking stand for Cushing, and I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking you know like like be soft on him at the end of the season. If he well, embarrasses, just, well, you kind of sound like one right now. I'm not well, well lie. that's because you're that's because you're ignorant and you're not like actually like being objective when it comes to the situation and 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 just like point blank period. And and listen, the thing is, at the end of the season, if we're like sitting like if we barely like limp into the playoffs at like in this new format at like ninth or eighth. Then yeah, then we start talking about the sack and who comes next. Absolutely. But 
Yeah, that's, but, that's, that's the direction we're going in but, right now. But, but that, the, the no, point no, is, that, that is obviously, that's self-evidently a slow burn, which means he'll get the season to do that, and like it or not, then that's the ride we're all going to ride on. If either, if, if either it gets much worse than that, which is hard, which sucks, and he gets fired sooner, or he does even better, and we're all happy, and then... To me, the issue is that Cushing doesn't seem to have that energy. He's a lot of the time. I think we were talking. We've been discussing this in the past of how he's sitting down on the bench. He doesn't. I don't know. He seemed to have that. I can be at the heart of the locker room. To me, I remember when he was singing after the that we won the cup. He seems like he was that guy, but he's you know not necessarily. He was the providing assistant. the leadership. He was the assistant principal that kids could go to when they didn't want to go to the principal and get chewed out. He was that guy, but now he's got to be the principal, and now he's got to be the guy that disciplines players, and I don't think he handles that well. However, that's just conjecture. I have no idea what's going on in that locker room. I I have no idea how those players feel about Cushing, if they want to fight for him or if they want him to stay there. I have no idea what what, what that dynamic is, and I don't want to really speculate on that, that, that kind of, you know, dynamic because that's scandalous and you know potentially you know like you know slanderous as well and i don't yep. i don't want to do that but you know like but right now i mean listen also like how many times have we actually gotten off to a good start to a season ever in our club history nah, 20, really. what, 2022 that was it 2018 so two seasons Two seasons. Two, two seasons after, uh, out of what? How many seasons have we played now? Eight? Nine. Nine. We yeah, never yeah. get off out of the ra- We're never, like, out of the races. We're always well, that, that'd be Well, that'd be a good reason to hire a coach who, who potentially, I mean, no, but, anybody who no, does. But here's the thing. Does. That's not how we run the club. It's not. We, we This club is built to succeed in the playoffs. That's how we are. That's how we try to build a team. That that's we've had this discussion before. That NYCFC is not at all interested in winning a U.S. Open Cup. They're not interested in winning a supporter shield. They're not. They want the big prize at the end. This is always a team that comes out of the gate slow, finds a way to gain momentum in the middle of the season, kind of ha- goes through a lull period towards the latter parts of the season, then usually figures it out at the end. I mean, granted. Like until 2021, that wasn't necessarily the case, but that's how they always intended on building the team. They they build the team to get into into the playoffs at a high enough seat where they're hosting at least one game, and then try to surge from there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just how we build the team. Like the thing is, like Cushing hasn't done anything that is preposterous compared to past coaches. But we've had the same conversation now in almost every podcast episode for the past like mm-hmm. five episodes because we keep like. Loot, dropping three points away at Houston, like like that we should we, we played like absolute garbage. Like one terrible. one one up at up at New England, yeah. New, Grand New England's high high on the uh, high on the on the table, but like we like them. we should have been able like we like that's like a chance. Well, I think I think to the the point of the Dome, lots of draws era is that if you're at least picking up points and you're staying in the playoff zone, and then we can just keep essentially treading water until we bring in a real number nine, and then, you know, hopefully things start clicking, because realistically, we don't need to hit that same run of form that we were talking about from last summer until this summer. Um, So, you know, as long as we're winning and drawing at home and drawing and on the road... In which, to your point, 
we're going to get a lot of road games out of the way in this first half of the season. Also, and then we'll, we'll have a huge homestand like from like late August to late October, just before the playoffs. And we also have hopefully. two wins. We also through through our first uh, seven games, we have two wins, three draws, and two losses, which is quite respectable considering the massive amount of roster turnover that we've had. People, dude, some pundits had us finishing twelfth this season, like, and we've been in the mix constantly. We're we're still competitive, and we're not falling off. Like Atlanta's a very good team, and so is New England, and that's two points against two very very good teams with an incomplete team that isn't yeah, yet yeah, ready. Atlanta- and a team down to ten men with thirty minutes left to go, and you can't even get a win at home. Should, I mean, I mean, I mean, we could have gotten a win had we, we should have. We should have. No, 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 no. we should have. We should have gotten the win. No, don't even say could have. We should have gotten the win. No, on, I mean, on we, paper we, we, it we, looks we, good that we drew, that we drew Atlanta one one, but when you look at the facts of us being up a man for forty fucking minutes and not Ooh. being able to get this win, right, it's right. it's not good. Okay, okay, then I'm not wasting my breath anymore. It's not good optically that we could not get a win against Atlanta up a man for 40 minutes. 30, 30, okay. 30, I, I, 30 minutes I, I, plus I, I, 10 minutes of stoppage time. We should have been able to get, walk out of here with three points. I, I mean, we had our opportunities to win that game. We but fluffed we our line. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Not good enough. We, we fluffed our line. That, that's not a tactic problem. That's an individual performance problem. Yeah, not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, and then falls I the mean, court. it has a lot to do with some, um, this whole issue of is Santi a creative, real creative number 10, like a Maxi Morales, or is he just the best guy to do the job I right think now? He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a productive, high-energy player who is good at linking play. Like, like he's good at, like, 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 with interplay with certain forwards and, like, getting in behind and then setting up that last ball and everything like that. Like, he's a very, very good player, but... I mean, we've had this discussion several times. I think he's playing out of position. I think he's a, I think he's a winger. But the thing is, in order for him to be an out-and-out winger on the right, he displaces Gabby. And in order for him to be an inverted winger on the left, he pushes fucking Talis back to the nine. Um, and considering how Talis has played the nine, I don't think any of us are interested in him playing the 10 or seeing Gabby play the 10 either, because I don't think that suits either one of their skill sets. So it, the thing is, like... Santi is kind of like like right. I, I hate to make it. I, I hate I hate to make it sound like I'm not giving him accountability because I am holding Santi accountable, especially when he's playing with a designated player like roster spot. However, I do think he's a victim right now of you know not being able to play where he is most viable because there are other guys there that don't that you can't afford to shuffle around. Like, does anybody want to see Gabby like not start another game? No, like to- but whenever, whenever Cushing makes subs at 60-plus, it, it, there seems to be this uh, this musical chairs of position changes when players come on. So, Yeah. No, well, so one of my – I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that she said that because every single time that, like, he makes these, like, musical chairs, uh, like, substitutions, like you said, like, 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 you put, like you put it, it seems that Santi always – Yeah. It's, it's, the nine. It, it seems that Santi always transitions into the nine, and honestly – I really like him there. Not necessarily because he's a going to finish or anything like that, but I feel like he being there to to like you know just like run run all around and like and 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 just like just fucking attack space like makes other players around him better. But like, like we like what few times that we've seen him play the nine like like in spurts like in twenty minute spurts the team has been at their creative best. Personally, I think we play our best football when he's there. Uh, now. Obviously, if we bring in a nine over the summer, then he's going to have to readjust to the ten. But you know, like right now, I just I like him at the nine, and honestly, I'd like to see 
him at the nine. Uh, like, like, cause, uh, even though I, I do think that, you know, Siegel or Seagal, however you pronounce his name, still like, like is probably going to get more minutes. But however, like I, 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 I right now after seeing him for two games, I think our best run, like our best, like, uh, you know, uh, quadrant up there would be Santi at the nine. Um, well, Desma at the 10, personally, because I like what he's brought to the game the few times that we've seen him. I do think he breaks open games, like, late. late. I do like his off-ball movement. I like his I like his his passing. I like everything about him so far. Um, Santi at the 9, Gabby uh, on the right, Talos on the left, and Ledesma at the 10. I really think that, like, that could be viable, at least until the summer. At least as yeah. a holdover. That's like, that's like the if I play as NYCFC on FIFA lineup, that's what you'd run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like that's always the question. It's like, what would you do? Yeah, but I mean, I'm also not. You know, would, would definitely motivate players to get a win against ten men at home, unlike fucking Cushing. I'm I'm done talking about Cushing. It's, All it, right, it, it's, so it's here here are the top four and bottom four performers based on FOTMOB uh, ratings for the for the game. We have a- wait, wait, really quick, really quick before you say that, there's one rating of this that's particularly fucking horrid that I don't know how he got a rating this high. You already know who I'm talking about, but uh, continue. So we have uh, Micha Elenik coming in at a 7.7. I firmly agree with that. I think that he played a phenomenal game. I think that through the first 45 and actually the entire time he was on the pitch, um, he seemed like he was the only one out there who was was actively looking to make things happen and take the game by the balls. I I love Elenik. I think that he clearly, I feel like we are on the ground floor of our next tenor home. That's how I feel about Elenich. It's clear he wants to bang one in from distance, too. He He's looked to do that to over and over. Um, yeah, exactly. He, yeah. So we have Elenich at a 7.7. <laughs> I don't know how, but we have Matthias Pellegrini at a 7.5. Yeah, I don't know what name <laughs> Bob was watching. Pellegrini. Pellegrini was so lethargic and just useless that entire game. I I, I don't understand that rating. To me, like, the like, fact that our our winger, our both side winger, is already off on a yellow card suspension, is is part of the indictment of the of the problem. Like I don't he's gotten into a bunch of terrible tackles. The yellows he's gotten have all been deserved and bad. Yeah, no, they, except, ex- except for one against DC, where when, when she. I don't know why. But like, I, I, they're the kind of deserved a band where I'm like, break his legs, brother. But it's also like, jeez, he kind of just went and broke his legs. So, I, I, I'm looking at his stats, and I mean, I mean, he was 23 for 26 passing, good for 80, 80, 88%. Um, he but won. Where are those passes going? He That's won four out of four tackles. Uh, what? Ground duels, eight out of 14. Aerial duels, one out of two. I mean, uh, I'm just saying the stats. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm not saying I agree with the rating. I, I don't think that he. I definitely don't think that he warranted a 7.5 rating. I, I didn't see really anything out of him that was worthy of that rating. But would, uh, Dom- I didn't see anything good. I didn't see him do anything good last night. There was that. There was no point during that game. I was like Pellegrini made a really good play. Yeah. I, ever he was he was horrid to watch. He was invisible almost. He all, like I noticed. What I noticed is that him and Talis don't stretch the field horizontally as a combination or vertically. We have. That, <laughs> yeah, but like I've noticed the lack of horizontality, and like we're so rarely creating anything. Well, also, I mean, P- 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 Pellegrini is slower than molasses, so like he's not going to stretch anything vertically because he's just so freak. He has no foot speed. He's just really slow. 
which is why it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious from watching my, from my my vantage point at midfield, watching us try to break out and play the ball to Matias Pellegrini and expecting him to just like run the ball field. I'm like, I'm like, he's not going to get more than ten yards without someone catching him because he's just so fucking slow with the ball to his feet. He's just he's so slow, <laughs> and he's not dynamic on the ball either. Like he's not like he's not one to take on defenders. He's not going to like be able to like you know find some space once he's on the ball. Like he, he's just he's so just. I've never seen, outside of Jesus Medina, I don't think I've ever seen a more frustrating player. Um, mm. uh, yeah, like, I think like Kai Jordan, Steven. He, well, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. At least, I mean, listen, Pellegrini's had significantly less time than Gary McKay Steven, but at least, at least <laughs> Gary Steven had like a good. Both number game. seventeen. Yeah. I, oh I, I, shit. I, the curse is at, at least Gary McKay Steven had like a few like things, and including like a very nice like, goal and a derby match. He had like he had like four good games. Like his last the last four good games of the regular season in 2020. That was, that was like that was like his best. Yeah, like, like he I, left the season after that. I I still don't like 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 he's reaching like Ronald Mo- like there's players who I find frustrating there's players who infuriate me like like for instance like yeah. I found Jesus Medina to be frustrating Ronald Matarita infuriated me I don't I like like like, like there's like I yeah just I think narratively what's confusing about Pellegrini is last season it was like oh we signed Matthias Pellegrini and then he we barely he barely saw the pitch and yeah. then it was like Going into this season, everyone was like, "Oh, I hope Pellegrini gets his fair shake, and we get to see him perform a little bit." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Guess what, guys? You're about to get so Pellegrini'd." And we're like, "Oh, wow! This is a lot more Pellegrini than I was expecting. Like, there's a lot more bubbles in this water than I was counting on." <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was, I was, to- I was totally one of those people, and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, I'm like, this is a player who signed as. Inter Miami's first de- designated player, so obviously somebody somewhere sees something in him, and I was totally willing to give him a fair shot. He's mm-hmm. gotten a fair shot, and he hasn't—he hasn't grabbed the brass. He fits ring the mold. With, like I wish that goal that got—he—he he had a goal that was ruled back for offside. Like that's one of those like confidence goals that would have made a big difference for him. He yeah, he should have a goal and an assist right now. Yes, yeah, don't don't get yeah, Davi but... started on his on his on his mystery goal and his his assist. Yeah, but the thing is, like, outside of that, like, I mean, like, what else has he done? I mean, he's so not. The, he's the second best player last night, according to Fatma. I know that's right? insane. So then, what kind of the next two players are tied at seven three? Uh, we have Chano and Parks at at, uh, at seven threes. How do we feel about that? Parks didn't. Uh, I think that's accurate. Warner seven three. To be honest, I, I, I didn't see that much. But uh, Chano, I agree. Um, Keaton Parks, um, there was certain, so there was moments in the game where I thought Keaton Parks looked very, very good. Like, uh, there was, like, a few times, like, where he would, like, make quick cuts on his feet and, like, find, like, some space, like, like, like in a pinch and be able to dodgy situations. However, there was other times where he looked lost, and especially in the attack. Uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the 7.3 rating for Keaton Parks because there was moments like where, as I said, where he looked very, very good. But mm-hmm. there were also moments where he would just kind of like fall flat. Um, Chano is an easy 7.3 for me because I thought he was consistently good throughout the match. He was also mm-hmm. like, uh, my only frustration with Chano is that he, I felt like he was constantly trying to find a long ball like over the top, like behind, and I was getting like real, I was getting like really pissed about that at some point in the game. Like I actually turned to my friend Jesse and was like, "When did we become a long ball team? 
Like, when did that happen? Like, like, like that's never been our style. And it was like, I mean, granted, it did lead. Was that last like, night that he took that shot from distance? Yeah, that was also stupid. Like, I wasn't. Since, and it wasn't oh, even. Either. It was like, good entertainment, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even close. But, but, <laughs> but, I mean, defensively, which is his primary job, he was very good. And uh, for the most part, um, you know, obviously, you know, Atlanta was able to break us down a few times. But I think that, you know, you can chalk that up to Atlanta just having tons of talent in that attack and just being, you know, a, a, few, a few times too many. There were a number of times, though, where it seemed like they had gotten inside of our fullbacks and that we ended up dealing with it pretty calmly. Like, yeah. I, my nerves didn't even get that on edge. It was just business a lot and of times back there. And also, you know, giving up chances is just part of the, you know, part over a 90-minute period. You're going to give up some chances unless you're absolutely, like, on, except on the rare occasion that you're completely dominant. Mm-hmm. and outclass an opponent you're going to give up chances and it's all about stopping those chances you know that's that that's the uh, that's the goal so I, I like and i felt like we did that for the most part i mean our one our, the one goal we conceded was off a fucking set piece you know which is more of like a collective effort rather than just a pure like defense also it wasn't even chino or tiago Mar- martin's marking uh the greek guy like I don't uh, um to... i'd like to uh you're wrong uh chino is on the greek guy no, Keaton Parks is on the Greek guy. I'm watching right now, and the Greek guy is heading the ball over a on-the-ground Maxime Chenot. Okay, Keaton Parks is standing right next to him. No. Behind. Okay. Keaton, no. Keaton Parks might be behind him covering the other guy, but Chenot... Does it fucking matter? The, the, ball's, the ball went in the net. It doesn't fucking matter. Oh, it does matter because... Oh, that's... Chenot is flat-footed. Chenot like he, he didn't jump. He didn't oh, jump. Okay. I'm watching okay. it now. He didn't jump. Okay, so Chenot... He should know better than that. Okay, so hey. I, I don't give a fuck. Okay, moving on. So, so, All right, no, so, I, so my, my opinion. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. My, my opinion on Parks. Um, Parks had a good offensive game. Forty-six or forty-nine. Barely put a wrong, wrong pass in the wrong place. Um, had a shot on, had a shot on goal. Four for five successful dribbles. Three for four accurate long balls. Um, completed uh, ten. Uh, won the most duels in the match. Ten. Um, out of any field player on the field, I mean, Keaton, it was, it was. I mean, he's not wowing you. Um, we've definitely had better Keaton games. We had, we had games where Keaton's like fucking yeah. doing everything. He's the engine. He's he's doing everything. But I wouldn't say yeah. that he was awful. Um, and then Chanel, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the I, I long. Didn't see much, I didn't see much of him last night, to be honest. Chanel, yeah. as a center back, he was in the moment. Chanel, a last thing it says, if I now recall, there were a couple. Like I keep saying, there were the couple of moments where we advanced the field, ball up the field, and the series of quick passes, and Keaton was involved in all of those moments where he just takes one touch and move, keeps the ball moving. And so, the, you know, those are the kinds of things that you don't necessarily he, he, remember seeing. He, he had a moment in like the second half, like off a corner, where I thought he should have shot it, but he passed it, and it was all like, oh, that pass. Passed. I wish he had taken he a ping from there as well. Dude, it's like this team is fucking scared of shooting, man. It I mean, is. If, if, Except if for Elanich. The thing if, is, if that's, you, if that's me you, in that position, I'm fucking ripping it. Have I don't you give seen, a fuck if it hits have the you seen Park shoot, Have you seen Keaton Park shoot a ball? I'd much rather have him shoot than pass there. He doesn't he's really not good have, at shooting the ball. He like, doesn't we, have We are that. aware of that, right? Don't, he's pretty don't, piss poor, as, actually. Don't, don't, I, I don't care. You you shoot from there. You don't so pass, you want guys who suck? Would you say shoot to Maxime Cheneau in that situation? Maxime Cheneau is about as good of a finisher as fucking Keaton Park. I wish... What you want is him to deliver that ball to the far post so someone can attack it accurately. That, that, that's really what you want to have. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want Keaton Parks ever shooting a ball, like, period. Like, he's not good at it. 
Especially well, no, 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 nobody on this team fucking shoots. Yeah, that's true. Except for Gabi. So here's a very telling statistic of this match. It's a microcosm of the match. Maxime Cheneau completed the most passes in this match. 62 for 71, 87% completion. That's a pretty low completion percentage for a center back. Um, so, I mean, he definitely had a few touches in the wrong direction. But for if he's completing the most passes, that means that we're playing playing with our dicks in the back and just fucking swinging it left and right, right. and playing to our six and not attacking and going also, forward. Also, I mean, he was also delivering long balls for a lot of the match. So, like, I mean, a lot of those numbers are going to be skewed. It's not like four, he's fucking up, like, five-yard five passes. Four, for nine, like, four for nine in a long ball passes, 44%. Yeah. That's that's what he would, he did it a lot last night. But, but also, however, but however, also one of those long ball passes was the one that led to the goal. Yeah, was it not? exactly. It led to the goal. So if he didn't wasn't trying those passes, we would be talking about a one nil fucking bl blanking. And that pass was the one that made the goal. If you have to think about it, that completely unlocked I, the play. Spread, uh, Elenich wide or who 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 had the assist? So 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 here the one, so, so that's what I, I thought. So I don't even want to get caught up on Elenich's fucking assist there because That's a, my point is it's about Chino's pass. It, it, well, it's not even just about Chino's pass. It's also a fucking absolute like stroke of brilliance from GP. That is not a high mm -hmm. percentage shot at all. That's a very good shot. That's like top drawer, top shelf. But that's that is the equivalent of your like I don't mean to like it's a it's someone doing their job. He's in He's cutting onto his strong foot. That's the that is the mag that's the magic wand casting a spell. That's what you want it to do exactly in that situation. He takes it across three guys fantastically, and it was an amazing step up moment. In that moment, sure. a goal. But, but all I'm saying is like I, like I, yeah. I, I like like people are gonna say oh Ilanich had like like gets an assist for that, and I don't want to get caught up on the assist because that's yeah. just an absolute fucking like like master stroke of a finish I mean, at the end of, yeah. the, at the end of the day it's, it's a statistic a for Olenek I mean it's it's assist yeah. okay yeah it's a statistic for Olenek so it's a hockey yeah. assist for Cheneau it's a fucking yeah okay uh, so then so I mean Cheneau and Parks were tied at a 7-3 and then, and then uh, I guess technically fourth or fifth place is James Sands at a 7-1 and obviously he had to come out with injury at, at 66 minutes due to a uh, very uh, rough tackle from uh, from Ibarra um, in the 62nd um, minute who is the is now Sands the de facto captain? Who's the guy gonna wear it? I mean, he's worn it the last two games, and then Chino took it when uh, when when, yeah. when when Sands came out. So there hasn't been yeah. any any formal announcement. I, I I genuinely think they're gonna go with the captainship by committee and just have it float around it. between Martins, Chino, and I mean yeah, so far it's, Sands. It's been, that's the Nick Cushing way. You don't have a captain. You have multiple. Yeah, fantastic with this fucking. I don't know. Team. There's. I, I genuinely. I, I, I know it would be better if there was a captain. But I, I would honestly, I prefer, especially a Sands or a Cheneau, a vocal leader who's an outfield player, uh, is what I think we need out there. I, I also think the role of captain is completely overstated. Like the last few seasons, we've had Ring and and Johnson as captains, and Johnson is always was always just like. And and the thing is, who was the actual heart and soul of those teams? Maxi Morales. Correct. Goalkeepers. Goalkeeper shouldn't be captain. So I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think the captaincy is fucking useless. It, it means about as much. It meant, might have meant something like one day, like at one point in time. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It, it, like like at especially How? when you're talking about dynamics, you, you can't force somebody to follow the the you know the like you know follow the, like like the lead of a player. Like like the like and an armband isn't going to make you want to follow anybody anymore. Like, like, like the players are going to gravitate towards whoever 
they please and whoever they just have a natural chemistry with. Maxi Morales turned out to have a natural chemistry with everybody, which is why he was the leader of that team and why we are so fucking lost without him. I honestly think you can actually, like, we can talk about Tati Castellanos. We can talk about Anton Tinnerholm. We can talk about Sean Johnson all we want. I think the real missing ingredient this year is Maxi Morales. That's what I was getting at with the Santi conversation. That's why I think the goals are not there. Is is Santi is not the same type of number ten as Maxi Morales is not is not constantly looking for players running every which way with the with the back of his head as well as the front of it, and and that's the difference. You can't see his face right now to the listeners, but Joe's getting increasingly frustrated with me because I think the captaincy is fucking useless. Have you played? Have you played organized sports before? I I, I, yes, I have. And I never cared about who was named the captain of a fucking team. Maybe you were the problem. I'm not going to them for anything. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. Like, like, like my ba- my high school baseball team had a captain on it. Do you think I, t- I didn't talk to that fucker all season? I didn't care. What I'm place did you guys come in, in in high school that baseball? Sa- that sounds like it ruined the chemistry of the team a little bit, huh? I mean, we were a good team. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't care about him particularly. It's fucking, I just, I just don't. Do you think anybody? Captains are extensions of the coaches in the field. If we're talking about captaincy, since the captaincy means anything, like 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 Sean Johnson, a goalkeeper, was captain for two seasons. Do you think the entire team was united behind fucking Sean Johnson? I think that was part of the problem. I think that have him being sort of quiet and leading from the back was is that's why I said what I said was, it's good for us to have a Cheneau or a Sands or maybe a Parks. Um, like that kind of guy as captain. The point of the captaincy is to like you know when when I, things are getting heated. I agree with you for Sands and Chanel. I don't think Keaton Parks is captain material at all. I I I, I like at all. Like I, I I just like he seems like a kind of like timid guy. Like I don't say that as an insult. He just seems very soft spoken and kind of just puts his head down and just does like what he's told. He seems to be like very just like a workhorse. He's not insubordinate. He's not Yeah, but like, if you put a little cat I would imagine he's wearing a cowboy hat. I've actually never even seen him with like a spark. It's actually almost infuriating how even keeled he is. Like like like, like I mean, he's a great player. I'm not taking anything away from his play in the field. I think he's one of our better players, but it, like like if we're going to talk about the quote I still don't think the captaincy means dick, but I mean if we're going to talk about who's actually fit for uh, a theoretical captain, I think a guy like Cheneau would make sense, or a guy, or, you know, like, like you know, a, a Cheneau makes sense. Um, I, some people have suggested Alfredo Morales. I don't know what crack they're smoking. I think that if Cheneau um, was a bit younger, we would have made more fanfare about his captaincy. And the thing is, I, if Sands were, well, I mean, Sands is on a five-year deal, is he not? I think it's going to be James yeah, Sands. Yeah, it's going to be James not. Sands. I don't, I don't, I don't think either, he's going to be here past this year. But even with really? Sands, there's people on this team that don't even know Sands who have been with the team for a whole season. Like, Gabby Pereira didn't meet James Sands until last month. Like, do you, like, 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 do we honestly like, – like, listen. I, That's one player. Like if, huh? Two players, Kufre and, and Pereira and who else? And Elenic? Pellegrini. Uh, Elenic. Uh, I don't – Tiago Martins. Never played a game with Sands. Uh, there's several players that never... yeah, but I think yeah, the point is every that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that everybody knows James Sands is New York City's home, first home game player. This is why I don't really put much value about who like is rocking the armband because it's at the end of the day it's just ceremonious anyway. No, like, it's not. It's like... No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it is. A yes, captain it is. is the extension of a coach on the field. 
James Sands is going to be the extension of Nick Cushing, who he's been playing under for a fucking month. Not for really? a month. Not for a month. Cushing has been here for fucking two years. Yeah, yeah, okay, but he wasn't. It wasn't his team two years ago. But it, well, he was still he on was, the staff. You're acting like he's he brand new. He just walked with James Sands. What? But a wee lad. In line? Are you fucking high? He's been here. He, Cushing has been in this building for two years. He hasn't been here for a month. James Sands knows nothing about the system that Nick Cushing wants to play. Nothing. It's the same fucking uh, he, system. He wasn't even second in line when Sands It's the same system. We haven't changed systems. Okay. Four, two, sure. three, one. Same system. And captaincy is very, very important, and James Sands is perfect for it, despite the fact that half the team doesn't know who the fuck he is. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Okay. Lowest rated players this game. Uh, Gabe Segal, 6-1. Ledesma, 6-1. Morales, 6-1. Barraza, 6-4. Undeserved for Barraza. Did, did, did you watch the replay of, 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 of the goal that was scored? Did you also watch the replay of the three saves he made? I understand, this, I, I understand the saves he made, but did you watch the replay of the goal that was scored? Where is Barraza's positioning at the moment the ball is served? The moment the ball is served, Barraza is hugging near post. He doesn't even make it to the middle of the fucking goal until the ball is headed in by John Tamakis. Yeah. The moment that the ball is headed in, Barraza is in his own fucking net and makes no attempt to save the shot. He was comp once the ball flipped sides, it's over. Yes, but he made some great saves. So on top of that, after Talis Magno um, kicks out half-heartedly, kicks out the initial service, everyone on NYCFC is just like, "What? What? What the fuck do we do that, now?" I don't know, what, that's what, the what, biggest problem yeah. to me. That's yeah, the, it's, the, it's the little switch off thing. The switch got, off in general. I think the they thought it went out of bounds. Genuinely, I think they thought it went it went out for another corner kick, and they were like, "Oh, like let's just sit here and wait for them to serve in again." And then Tiago Almada was like, uh, "I'm going to take a couple." They sw we switched off. They did not because it seemed like the ball was going to go out, and that's what happened. Yeah, and then Tiago Almada takes a couple touches forward and then serves the ball in, and but being better. Yeah, yet another poor set piece working. Okay, but at the end of the day, was fucking Luis Barraza really worthy of a 6.4 performance? Is that really a 6.4 performance overall? No, I, that's, it's kind of harsh on him. Yeah, that, three, that's all Three I for have. seven long balls again. Just throwing it out there. Four, under 50% under oh, It's a long ball. I don't need him to be fucking Andrea Pirlo. I need him to just stop shots. That's what I need him to do. Uh, that's, that's a pretty, bar, um, like old school method methodology of, of football oh we have had a lot of issues getting the ball out of the bag because if you can't retain possession after you've won it back and you have it at the feet of your keeper then like what's the point these guys lost the ball too much there is some no periods but here's uh okay yeah yeah there was there was some periods in in the, in the game that we just couldn't get out of our own like you can see third. you can see everybody switch off when the when the ball appears like it's going to go out, everybody goes into we're about to take another corner mode instead of the ball is actively in play mode. It's as if as if it was a, a software. I mean, I, I don't think Raza played poorly at all last night. I thought he was the least of our problems. I mean, yeah, he made some he made some really nice saves, but in this moment, this moment was detrimental to the outcome of the match. Okay, but he's also the difference of why that game wasn't three nil by the time we actually finally did get on the board. He's the difference right there. Yes, he, he, but he, in this moment, detriment, goal against. All right. Well, well, I mean, the entire team switched off in that play. Yes. So, to put it on, 
to put it solely on him, I think, is fucking unfair. I, I would not. No, it's not solely on him. It's on. It's on all eleven players in the field. To be to be quite frank, with I mean, yes, it's, 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 it's on the whole team. All eleven they switched players off that one little moment, and they paid the price for it. But the, all the eleven players okay, switched sure. off in that moment and weren't fucking sharp. And he and and I I don't even like putting that on him because like I mean in order for in order for that ball to even be, become dangerous it, the, the player that has it at the at the edge I think it was what is it Almada who has the ball yes. near the corner flag uh, he doesn't get closed down and nobody's marking the back post for the fucking big Greek guy who Atlanta just paid a fucking bag for so like I mean like but I'm, I'm watching just, I'm watching the video from a. A coach's perspective i'm looking at barraza's footwork to get across the goal and it's just not good enough like his, his technique and ability to get from his near post to get over to the far post to save a shot is just too slow and not good enough so that's what, that's, that's how i'm looking at it um so uh i mean talking about the second half obviously john tamaka scores the goal um and then very 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 quick um answer um from nycfc um, with with Gabriel Pereira kind of scoring a copyright Gabriel Pereira goal, trademarked Gabriel Pereira goal. He absolutely brilliant, perfect response. Yeah, That's he, exactly he, what he does what he does as an, as an, as a predictable inverted winger, and he and he comes into the inside, hits it with the left foot. Brad Guzan gets a finger on it, uh, and then it's it still it, he can't do much to, to to push it wide, and it goes in the back of the net. Um, it, was, it was just per- it was just perfectly placed into the to me right. a- as a fan. It's it's frustrating to watch um, the fact that um, so obviously if you saw after we conceded the the body language of the of the guys was was they were pissed they were angry I think it was it might have been Keaton who was like throwing his hands in the air and like visibly being demonstratively mad that about what about the fact that we just conceded to ten men Atlanta at home um, uh, so the, the uh, I, I love the fact that we're able to come back and answer because traditionally we are not a club that plays well from behind. The fr- my frustrations lie in the fact that why does it take for us scoring getting scored on to to have that passion and urgency to go and score a goal against a ten men side? I think that it has nothing to do with that. I think it has everything to do with Gabi Pereira being the guy playing right wing, not Matthias Pellegrini. Fair. Because I, it, it's just you know, a level you know of quality. That, do, you, do you know who that falls on? Nick Cushing. Exactly. No, actually, but wait, I would actually say Gabby Pereira. He played himself out of starting. He Correct. He, okay. he, yeah. Yeah. he made Cushing think, let me give Pellegrini a run on the right side. Dude's not even a fucking right winger. They put him on the right side because Pereira had gone on ghost. just ghost mode. Yeah, exactly. So, so Gabby Pereira yeah. kind of played himself out of the eleven, and hopefully he's played his way back in because realistically, that's what we want playing right wing. Well, I think I think he has since Pellegrini suspended next game. Well, yeah. Yes, I mean this. I mean, I think this is a good chance for him to step up and 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 really cement his status. Is like like do, do not take me out of the eleven again. Like I, this is my unless spot. Cush, unless Cushing does a Cushing and puts Jason on the right. Well, I mean, J- Jason just played with NYCFC two today, so I don't think we have too much to worry about. Um, yeah, so, uh, that was at 72. They scored at 70. We scored at 72. So now it's 1-1. Uh, we're, we're still up, we're uh, obviously up man for the rest of the match. Um, and I mean, the last 20, 30 minutes, uh, looked pretty, the boys were buzzing, uh, but it just, the, the, the final product wasn't, we couldn't, there was, a, there was a couple times where the ball was bouncing around in the six yard box and we just couldn't get a toe or anything on it to, Guzan made a made a couple of nice stu- uh, not, not I wouldn't call them saves but like he kind of jumped on the ball or whatever. Um, 
But uh, I mean, how don't do we? How do we? How, yeah. Oh yeah. His, his don't don't even get me started on his time wasting. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, can anybody tell me wh- why was the crowd actively booing Guzan for like most of the match? Like, I mean, I know that away teams do it to us when Mark. I think it was because 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 of his injury in the in the first half, really, the collision with Seagal. I mean, he's really mostly because, mostly because he's Brad Guzan and he fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I know when, when we play away that like the the the, the fans like decide. They pick a player and just like uh, we, you guys remember the uh, the Chanel match. Chanel, typically it I guess typically it has to do with like someone did something the fans didn't like yeah. in that match, but this time it was from the jump. It felt like with Guzan, it felt like it was before the Seagal collision. So as so I mean like as someone who sits in the supporter section, we just we collectively give um, goalkeepers just hard time, like opposing goalkeepers a hard time. Period. Like, 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 especially when they're playing, like, like when we're attacking towards our supporter section. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, David Ochoa last year uh, got a lot of shit, and I don't fucking like him anyway. I think he's mid, but I mean, like, uh, just like I, I like, uh, uh, just like, like we just consistently just like give like goalkeeper shit. It's that's really all it is, and like Guzan making a meal of it and trying to get Seagal sent off in the first half just made it worse. So uh, you know, even though like. Seagal has every right to go for that ball, and Guzan just needs to fucking take his lumps and stop being a bitch and act like he's been a professional for 20 years. So, I mean, he's never been a good professional, I understand, and he was stuck at Villa for all those years, but, I mean, it's nobody else's fault but his own. Sorry. Did, did, did I say that I don't like Guzan? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Guzan, he's, he's, he's a good... He's, like, he... <laughs> I yelled, I yelled out loud at the match um, that Guzan looks like Doctor Evil's cat. <laughs> I have a stuff. I there were a lot of Guzan. We were yelling the, about the reflectiveness of his head. He looks like he looks like a steroid jacked up version of what's the name of the Smashing Pumpkins lead singer again? <laughs> Billy Corgan. Uh, yeah, Billy Corgan. Yeah. Wasn't. Wasn't Guzan, when we we lost Atlanta in the playoffs, right? A couple of years ago. Yeah, the two legs. Over, over, over two was legs. The keeper, yeah. Was he not? Yeah, I think yeah. it was just after after uh, him and Seagal collided. I yelled out, "Johnnyson's broke his dick," and like everyone started laughing. So did you guys see yes, in, 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 the, in the second half? He made a save where he kind of came out, got in a collision with someone, and then after he got in the collision, which was barely even a collision to begin with, he kind of like rolled like three more times after he hit the ground, like to, I guess to embellish, like and make it look like he got like kicked or. or Something he was he taking got, every second. He, he was milking it. He also got pissed at Santi Rodriguez when Santi Rodriguez brought a ball directly in front of like like the like like to like for him to like take a goal kick. He started mouthing off to him for some fucking reason. I I I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Like I said, the guy's been a professional for what like twenty years now. Like you you want a team like like who's playing at home and tied with ten minutes of stoppage time. So just... so he's so not only is he a bad goalkeeper, but he's also a racist. Man, yeah. what are you? Nobody said that. Don't say that. Don't say that shit. That's especially re- that's Red Bull shit. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. considering what, what we've got going on right now. Let's not call anybody a fucking racist when he didn't do anything to be called a racist. Just, yeah, he was yelling at us to begin with. I, okay, but never mind. We're, we're live. All right. So, um, what's the deal with? Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say for us three. Um, how do we do with our predictions for uh, for, um, based on the pre? Uh, I know I, I predicted a win. Um, so that uh, I we got I got that wrong. I know definitely Christian Christian, Christian definitely predicted a win because he doesn't think we're gonna lose at home this year. Um, Davi, you no. you predicted a win as well. We all predicted wins. Okay, so Everybody, all, even so the guys, we all predicted wins. So that's a wrong <laughs> across the board. 
Um, and then obviously if, uh, goal scorers, I had predicted uh, for goal scorers. Do you remember? I, I predicted. I got Gabby right. I said Gabby was going to score. That's good. I, said, I mean, but, but at the same time, despite the fact that I like, like that we all fluffed it, like, like, but with our prediction of, of a win, like last night, I think like the last. 20 or so minutes of that game just solidifies why I don't think this team is going to lose at Yankee Stadium all year. We were the easily the worst team on the night. Easily. I don't think any of us are going to argue that we were the better team than Atlanta last night at all. However, we had a quick answer to some adversity late in the game, mind you. That was a 70, 70th minute goal. That's that, that that's that's a late stage goal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we immediately replied to, like a minute and a half later. And we had a chance to still win, take home all three points, and like at the end of the game, within like those last five minutes, a few times actually, where we just fluffed our lines and just couldn't put the final product together. I mean, like, like if we, like, like that was a bad day for us at home, and we still could have easily come away with three points, walked away with all. So my, my only, so, my only concern is that for uh, after the sixty minute when the red card happened, there was long stretches of the game, other than maybe like the last little bit where we were trying to score that 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 goal to to secure all three points but there were long stretches after the 60th minute where it didn't genuinely feel like we were up a man it felt like we were playing on at a, on a level level field with it was very honestly strange. After, after the goal came in i completely forgot we were up a man yes honestly. No, I even, absolutely I which is that that's not how it should be we, we it should it should be blatantly obvious that we are up a man like they're physically the numbers in the field like someone should always be open because they don't they can't match up with us and it didn't you know like what the thing is about that i have a theory about that um because if you We've been down a man at Yankee Stadium a few times and have avoided absolute atrocity. I think the tight confines and the limited amount of space allows teams to more easily adjust to having one less player because we've been down we've been down two men against Red Bull in the past at Yankee Stadium and mm. still come away with a draw. And not only that, but looked fairly mm. competent while doing so. But just, the infamous Aloy Amaga highlight. Uh, I mean, well, I mean that, and that also the Ebenezer Rafori's challenge later in that game too, like which sent us down two men. Uh, also, like I mean, I remember one game during our inaugural season where we went down to Chicago two nil and lost lost a man, and then came back and t- and drew it two two with the Kyrie Shelton goal. Like that was Kyrie his first Shelton. ever goal for the team. Uh, and and also, oh, oh not oh not only that, wait 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 no 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 wait wait. wait. We also beat Chicago at home with ten men down. Uh, Eighty minutes, eighty minutes, uh, one one man down, and we we beat them two one. You know what? Why don't you finish the point for me, Darby? No, you can, I just wanted to. Point no, no, that no, out. no, 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 finish it. No, you're good. This guy, man. Christian, what were you trying to say? No, no, it's all good. We can move on. I mean, just look at our. Just the, all I'm gonna say is for the listeners who wanted to hear the end of the point. Uh, you know, you check out you know our record when down a man at home, and you'll click. Or even other teams, opposing teams, when they're down a man, at, at, you know, at Yankee Stadium, and uh, you know, see what you find. Including uh, one game that was relatively recently in, on Decision Day in uh, 2021. So yeah. Dude, what was with Pineda's jacket? That's my question. Uh, so here, wait, hold on, time out. So here, did, did Pineda get a red card? Because I went back and watched replay. So after the referee waved off, the, he, he walked over to Sands, did the little no sign with his hands, and waved off Sands' yellow card, walked over to the Atlanta bench, brandished a red card, 
then walked over to the field and then gave a red card to... Um... It couldn't have been for Pineda because he was on the, at this pitch slide for the rest of the match. I know, which is why I'm so confused because he, cause he if you watch the, the highlights, he walks over to the Atlanta bench and shows I a was... red card. Dude, I had no idea what was happening when all that was going. I was like, why is he walk? I thought they were... I had no idea why he showed that red card to the bench. Neither do I. I don't know who got sent off. And they didn't, and they didn't make any announcement. The, the, the stadium people didn't make an announcement about who, who got the red card, the first red card at least, before he gave the red card to Ibarra on the field. But he, def, he definitely waves off the yellow to Sands, walks over to the Atlanta bench, and brandishes a red card. And just points it in the general direction. He doesn't give it to anybody in particular. He just gives the bench I a red thought, card. I thought he sent off James Sands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, obviously not, not not the not the greatest game. I w- wish we could have. I mean, it would have felt better to walk away with three points a- after going up a man. I thought that was that was a pretty high energy moment of the game. I felt like that was going to be what was kind of gets us over the finish line and get us in the back of the net. Um, I guess we can go around the horn here and give our final thoughts on Atlanta match day number seven before we uh, start transitioning our thoughts to uh, this next weekend's match um, at City Field against Nashville. So let's go around. And uh, and give our final thoughts on on uh, on, on the ATL match. Let's start with the guest. Um, I'm glad, honestly, that we held on for the draw because there were fans who started doing the wave in the 80th minute, and usually that's a very very bad idea. So it, with that backdrop of that going on, which I was railing against. It is good that we were able to secure at least the one point. Um, but ultimately, I, I just ran to the bathroom a minute ago, and that, that's how quick it was. I was I had the, the replay going, and I, the ball was in the back of their net, of our net, and I ran up to the toilet, and I came back, and the, ba- the ball was in the back of their net. So it's a great response, um, and that's all you can say about it. Nothing better than a cut inside onto the left foot. That's the gob- that's the gobby special right there, <laughs> especially when it curls in into the corner. It's beautiful. Davi, what what are your final thoughts on the match? Cushing out, get a striker. That's that's about it. Disappointing result, really. Should have won. It, felt, it feels like a loss. Oh no! Come on, we still, uh, we still got a point. No, that's not good enough. It's not good enough, especially against ten men at home. That's not good enough. The, the we, we should have gotten the winner. We, we should have won this game. I thought we played better as the first half progressed, and I thought we played better as uh, uh, into the into the second half until up until they uh, they scored, and then and then in immediate reply after we scored, I thought we were going to get the win, but second goal never came. Um, and oh my god, the the amount of time the fucking medical staff came on the field for them was just unacceptable, man. Holy fuck! Like these guys were li- really like and like like someone could have jumped into thin air and they'd, they'd be rolling on the ground for like five minutes and the medical staff would have to come out and waste like another five minutes. It was just absolutely poor, man. I, I just, oh my God, I hate that shit so much. It, ugh, fucking hell, it's just just frustrating. We fucking suck, man. We need to get a striker and a new coach. Davi bringing the positivity as always. Uh, Christian, final thoughts? Bad game, good goal. Short, concise, to the point. I, I like it. 
Uh, my final thoughts are that it could always be worse. You, we could be SKC. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, we continue to be a, uh, a dominant force at home, uh, even with the point. I mean, obviously, it feels like we sh- it should have been three. But with the, uh, with, with the way the cookie crumbled, um, uh, walking away with the point is not the absolute worst thing in the world. Um, looking forward to the remaining games. Unacceptable when you're at home with, against 10 men. That's yes, no, I mean, I, no, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that it, it's an unacceptable result, but it, 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 uh, it's, it could be worse. It always could be worse. I, I'd be a lot more fired up and pissed off if we, if we, if we, if we were walking away with zero points. Oh, after going down 10 men, if we would have lost 2-1, 2-0, 3-1, if, we, if they would have embarrassed us, then I'd probably be like, I, I, I would need to probably need another day before we recorded this podcast because I'd be irate. Um, but, uh, I, I mean... I th- I, I went back and watched it. I think what happened is that the ref thought that the guy who was going to get the red card was on the bench because he was also injured. So he went over to just be like, he sent off. And then they were like, they he showed it to the sub. And the, and so everyone was laughing. And then he had to walk back onto the field and be like, oh, you're here. Here's your red card. <laughs> nice. Well, you know what? He sent off the right person in the end. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh... I like. I mean, it's it's great the fact that we're still unbeaten at home. I, I hope that trend continues um, at our second home uh, over the course of the next two weeks. Um, and just looking forward to uh, putting the round thing in the rectangular thing a, f- a little bit more often than we are currently doing. Uh, three goals in two games, not exactly uh, awe-inspiring. But uh, hopefully uh, the, the return of Gabby to the starting lineup next week with uh, Pellegrini serving a red card suspension for yellow card accumulation. If you had Matias Pellegrini, if you had Matias Pellegrini being the first NYCFC player suspended due to yellow card accumulation, you are the winner because I thought for sure it was going to be Santiago Rodriguez. With that said, New York City is blue, blue. motherfuckers. Whoa. It's blue. Pushing out, pushing out. <laughs> New York City's blue.